Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Woodward Financial Advisors podcast. Uh, this is Victor Colella, Certified Financial Planner, and this is probably the last time we're going to start an episode with the Woodward Financial Advisors podcast, because in addition to today being our fourth episode in our mini-series about what to do when markets go down, we're also announcing our new podcast name, which is very exciting. And in order to share that with you all, I brought along Jim Miller. So Jim is our fearless leader and the man behind Woodward. Jim, how are you? Hey, Victor. Doing well. Thanks for letting me join the Podcasters Club here. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, most people in the Podcasters Club have sat in a closet and recorded their voice at some point. So uh, it doesn't look like you're in the closet, but man, maybe that's on our list. No, definitely not in the closet at home, though, which is like a step out of the closet, I guess. Um, <laughs> can't wait to eventually start doing these in the office, though, when, when shelter at home is over. Yeah, I know we're all a little bit uh, looking forward to not having to worry about our dogs run into the room as we're doing these or, or someone surprise printing something from remotely, but we're doing all right. Anyway, so, um, so Jim, as I mentioned... This is our fourth episode. So our fourth episode in the miniseries, I'll just sort of give a big picture and then we'll talk about the name. So this is about the strategic context around what happens when markets go down. So our first three episodes were more tactical focused. This one is going to be more about the financial planning side of it. We'll talk about what we mean. But Jim, why don't you tell us about the name? I think you're the best person to announce this. Well, that's a lot of pressure uh, for my first episode <laughs> here, but... I think it, as we were thinking about the name, uh, it reminded me of of a newborn. So you, sometimes you have a baby and you don't quite have that name picked out, and you you want to wait a day or two to see and hear the baby before you you officially name it. So I, I think that's the analogy that I'm going to use here. We we had to hear a few episodes with you and Ben to officially come up with the name. So we've landed on your money in twenty. So couple couple uh points there are only four words but all important words your um being the first word in the name it's about you so about our listeners and our clients and prospective clients and their money situations um money obviously in the title that's what we do for a living but the last word 20 the goal being to have each podcast last 20 minutes or less and so snackable bite-sized pieces of content that you can take with you and hopefully implement um, without having to listen for an hour, an hour and a half, like some other podcasts. Yeah. And I think 20 minutes, first of all, you may have noticed our first episode was not at all 20 minutes. So like Jim said, we, we had to wait until the baby matured a little bit to figure out uh, the right name. But I think 20 minutes is a great number because first of all, if you, if you have a commute, most people have a commute of 20 minutes ish, but also I think after much longer than 20 minutes, it can it can start to, you know, this is exciting topics for us, but I think over over time, uh, everyone starts to, there's only so much information you could take in. And our goal is to pack the 20 minutes with a lot of usable stuff. Um, so we're looking very forward to getting started. So welcome to the first episode of Your Money in 20 uh, by Woodward Financial Advisors. So I, how about that for a kickoff? Fantastic. I'm excited to be here for it and um, looking forward to finishing in 20 minutes or less. Okay, so let's dive in. So before we dive in, of course, there's the obligatory disclaimer. So 
uh, and we joke about this being obligatory, but it's it's true. So we're going to be talking about investment related strategies. We may mention specific investments, uh, tax planning strategies. All of this stuff is it's meant to be educational, informational, but it's not intended to be investment or tax related advice for you. Everyone is different. Everyone has a different set of sort of complicated circumstances around just who they are, their life, their goals. So let's not take it as a recommendation to buy securities or take specific action. Um, talk to a professional. Um, we, we obviously do that, but if you're listening, you may not have an advisor. So talk to someone who can uh, give you that type of advice. So if it's tax advice, you're tax preparer. Um, if it's investment advice, an investment advisor. So we had to get that out of the way, but I think it's a good point. Um, especially in these types of episodes like we're doing now. Okay. Now, so to finish the context that I mentioned earlier, the first three episodes, so we talked about rebalancing, we talked about tax loss harvesting, and we talked about Roth conversions. Those are all very tactical actions that you can take. Um, so what I mean by tactical is that these things, may they're probably not going to make or break your retirement. So they are things that you could do around the margins that will help sort of optimize or maximize the benefit that you can get from these types of situations. But we wanted with our fourth episode to bring it around to the the financial planning strategic stuff. So we're going to be talking about things like your risk tolerance. Are you taking the right amount of risk? What about your non-investment dollars? How are they allocated to sort of manage your risk and those sorts of things? So yeah, I'm going to pass it off to Jim to kick off. So we have a few main things we wanted to talk about here, but this is the big picture. Yeah, th- thanks, Vic. Um, uh, you're right. All of our clients have a plan. So they'll have a long-term plan in place. We call it financial independence analysis. Fancy words for when is work optional based on your goals and your specific spending plan and aspirations in life. And so that that's all that's in place for every one of our clients um, at all times. But during a down market, that's a obviously a very unique time and a chance to test that plan out. Um, and I think we we want to talk about maybe four main things you can do when you're in that type of market, like we're in right now. We have been for the last few months. Um, so I'll hit on those high level, and then we can get into each one. The first being risk tolerance. So it's a good time to reassess what your risk tolerance is, what you thought it was before this happened. Number two, is there an opportunity to cut back on spending? So tighten your belt situation. Number three, is your emergency fund adequate? Um, and that's something we all, again, talk about in good times. Um, and then the last, lastly, is there an opportunity to put some money into the market, either money that you've had sitting on the sideline or a recent bonus or some sort of cash infusion that you've had? Um, so kind of going to hit it from those those four angles. Yeah, sure. And I would I would mention that, and Jim, you, you mentioned this as you were going through those, financial plans are made when times are good. Now they can yeah. be made when markets are down, but down markets are sometimes a good time when you're maybe in the pressure cooker, you're emotionally maybe more engaged than you were when you first made the plan. It's a good time to reapproach the things that Jim just mentioned. So just to sort of as an overlay. 
Absolutely. We've spent the last 10 years in this bull market doing what we call lifeboat drills internally. So with clients, not because we thought this would happen now, we actually had no idea when this would happen, but you want to do the lifeboat drills when you're at port, the seas are calm, sun is in in the sky and things are fine. You don't want to start those drills when you're in the middle of a storm. So the lifeboat drills for us in the firm are um, when when things are good, like they have been the last 10 years until recently, uh, making sure that the client from a risk tolerance standpoint can live with that portfolio. And so when things are good, it's, it's mainly about educating around the potential downsides and what they would do if that happened or when that happens, like it just did. So when the markets were going up five to 10% a year, we were still checking in with clients about their risk tolerance, their thoughts on volatility and whether they could live with a portfolio that might go down 10 or 20 or more percent from its peak. Um, So we've had those conversations many, many times over the last 10 years and that's paying dividends now because it's actually happening. So one thing that we're doing now and the first sort of topic here in this, this segment how did that feel? So now we have a chance, real numbers, rear view mirror and really recent recent happening. Um, but a lot of client portfolios, as well as they were from a diversification point of view, they still went down 10 or 20% on paper or sometimes more during that during the recent sell-off. So it's an opportunity for us to check in and say, okay, it happened now in real life. Are you okay with it? How'd you feel about it? Yeah, sure. And I think I referred to this in a couple episodes ago is that sleep at night factor. You know, having these conversations, the market's going up, volatility doesn't feel all that bad when it's mostly in the upward direction. So maybe you thought volatility was okay when you had just, you know, little bumps along the road, but this was a big bump. And we talked about the equity markets from top to bottom went from down about 35% when you look at the S&P 500. That's real. Uh, And even the most risk uh, the person who's most used to risk, okay with risk, they still feel 35% down, especially when there's pandemic in the news. I, I mean, it's always going to be different. Uh, and for different reasons, it may feel different each time, but uh, yeah, it's a lot more real and that sleep at night factor is important. Yeah, I would agree. The fear this time, the difference in the fear is it wasn't just the numbers on your statement. It was the health crisis coupled with that. So in some ways, it it sort of doubled the fear. This huge unknown with regard to global health, which created a pretty much instant stop to all economic activity, and that drove the markets down. So people feeling fearful for their health on top of their account values going down. That was the really unique thing about what's happened recently. But it a great opportunity, though, if you if you look at the silver lining, like we always do as planners, opportunity to reassess risk tolerance and say, okay, when this is over, when things have stabilized, how did I feel about that? Was I able to sleep well at night still, knowing that I have this long-term plan in place and I was able to weather that storm um, as bad as it felt there for a few weeks or months? So that, that'd be number one on our list right now. Yeah, so I, I guess the next couple um, 
I tie them together, but yeah, let, let's move on to the next one, Jim. So I think what was the cut spending yeah. was the next? Yes. We, we talked about cutting spending. So opportunity to tighten your belts when things are going poorly. So we've seen this with our client base every time there is a substantial down market. So in 2008, 2009, and then again, recently, um, we had a calling campaign over the last few months where we've proactively called all of our clients um, in the middle of that downturn just to check in, make sure they're okay from a health standpoint, of course, but also how are they feeling about their portfolio? And what we heard um, overwhelmingly was people were reducing their spending, so tightening their belts. Um, I think this time it, that was made easier given that it, you weren't really allowed to leave the house. I can't leave my house and Amazon won't deliver, Jim. So what am I yeah. going to spend my money on? Yeah. So it's hard to go uh, spend money on vacation when you can't get on a plane or, or go anywhere, really. Um, sure. Dining out, entertainment, you know, you, there's no sporting events, there's no concerts. So belt tightening occurred, whether <laughs> maybe whether we liked it or not this time, but it did show us in, in we heard from our clients that they were able to cut their spending substantially. And many of them who were retired and taking withdrawals from their portfolio actually reduced or stopped those withdrawals entirely um, just because they're, they're not spending that money anymore. And it was you know more discretionary spending um, that, that just really stopped. So that's something that that, that would be number two in this topic. Um, and I'll just add one quick thing, Jim, in that, if you're living off your portfolio, this one has a much bigger impact than, let's say, if you're still working and in this downturn, if your job remains secure. If you're withdrawing on a month-to-month basis from your portfolio and you're able to reduce even by a small amount, when the market is down and your portfolio is down with it, the impact of maybe cutting your spending around the edges, it really impacts a long-term plan fairly significantly depending on how much you're cutting and how much you're taking out of your portfolio. So bigger impact for some folks than others, but uh, definitely has an impact for everyone. Absolutely. And that ties right into our third point, which is making sure that there you have an adequate emergency fund for times like this. And to your point, Vic, I think if you're working, um, the reason for that emergency fund is your income may go down because of you know, the pandemic and your profession being impacted by it directly, um, your job may go away entirely, as we've seen, of course, with millions and millions of people throughout the country. So that emergency fund is there for times when you have lower income, no income at all, and to tap it um, for those current spending needs. And yeah, then- and I think in this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jim. I think I've had more people who I've and some friends of mine who I've you know they ask how are things going I'll say you got to get it you got to get an emergency fund set up and I've been bugging them about this for years I've had several of them come back and say now I get it <laughs> I understand now because I have friends who are losing their jobs or maybe a couple of them have lost their jobs because they're in different types of jobs that are maybe higher risk now the 3 to 6 to 3 to 6 month emergency fund that seemed ridiculous when the market was going up you know, five, ten percent a year or more. Now, all of a sudden, it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, complaining about having X thousands of dollars sitting around earning less than half a percent doesn't seem so bad now compared to 
market going down 10, 20, 30%. So yeah, I totally agree with you. And and if you're spending less, just to tie it back again, Jim, if you're spending less because you're at home and maybe if you're lucky enough to still have uh, you know reliable income from your job, this is a good time if you need to beef up your emergency fund. You may have a little extra cash to do so because you're not spending as much because you can't do much um, besides whatever it is, I guess, record podcasts from our uh, bedrooms or whatever. But, you know, it's a little easier to save right now, I guess, is the point. Absolutely. And and if you're a retiree that's listening in, how the emergency fund fits into your life right now, it's the opportunity to use those dollars and not tap principal in the portfolio for spending that has gone down. So one thing we're doing internally is, uh, while you talked about rebalancing with Ben, couple episodes ago, we are hopefully never having to to touch equities that are down to get money to a retiree that needs it for living expenses. So the emergency fund comes into play for retirees right now by using those dollars that are nice and safe and at the bank or in your money market, as opposed to having to sell things and and invade principal in your portfolio. So that would be number three on our list with the emergency fund. I guess, reassessment at the moment. Yeah, that's great. And then fourth would be putting money into the market if you have that uh, possibility in your life. So there's a lot of different ways that can be done. It may have been money you had sitting on the sides, just not knowing what to do with it, or was earmarked for some expense that has now gone away or you're not going to invest in. Um, Could be a bonus you received recently. It could be anything, but the opportunity to put money into the market at a relative low level will pay dividends years and years into the future. So acquiring more shares at these lower prices today, that would be another tactic that, that we've uh, would talk about. And we've seen that happen with clients over the past couple months. Those that have had the opportunity to put money to work will benefit from that long-term. Yeah. Almost like in rebalancing episode, we talked about you can recover faster I think it has a similar impact and obviously it pairs well with if you're cutting spending, let's say your emergency fund is in good shape and you're cutting spending that those extra dollars that aren't being spent can go into the market. And we don't know whether, where the bottom is. It's it's probably worth saying we're not market, at least with our client, we don't believe in market timing. I think we have no idea what the market's going to do tomorrow. And if, and if we weren't humble before this all happened, we're humble now. Um, and I, and I think it doesn't have to be the bottom. Uh, you know, if the market is down and you've got some extra money to put put into the market, now is usually the best time. And there's plenty of data that backs that up that we can uh, maybe talk about in a different episode. But yep. don't don't get into into that game of saying maybe it's going to be the bottom next week. There's a lot of people who got caught uh, trying to do that in this market, and then all of a sudden the market was up ten percent tomorrow. As it was, I think that was either late March or, or early April. So it's wild, wild times. But yeah, don't let perfect be the enemy of good in this case. That's a great saying for this. Uh, and I, Jim, I'm actually going to add a quick fifth. Um, we're almost at our 20 minutes. But in this case, the financial planning is a, is a great way to, it's a great lens to look through any legislative changes that may come out. So this time it was the CARES Act. I'll refer you back to our, our first real episode not 20 minutes. Um, 
take a look at it because that those all had financial planning implications that Ben and I talked about. Um, and some of these crises, these down markets come along with these stimulus packages or aid packages. So uh, just be careful around those. So we're at 20 minutes. I, I'd like to just close up and say, uh, just to put a bow on all this, Jim, we were talking before the episode. This has all been about what to do when markets go down. And you brought up a good point. Sometimes the thing that you should do is nothing at all because you've made a plan when times were good. You've done the lifeboat drills and the time to just stick to your plan and do nothing at all is maybe when everyone is panicking and scared. So um, that's, I think, do you have anything else to add, Jim, before we wrap it up? No, I think that's well said. It, it's uh, perspective is, is everything in this and, and have a plan in place adhere to it. And discipline is probably the theme of the four things we just talked about, right? Maintaining discipline with all those, which is true in a lot of aspects of life, certainly with investing. Perfect. Well, I I couldn't think of a better way to wrap it up. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening to the first actual episode of Your Money in 20. Um, We appreciate those of you who have been with us until since before our official naming, you know, uh, we finally got here. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us so you can get updates for new episodes. Uh, and if you have any suggestions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to have a, a link in the description to a place that you can go where you could submit those suggestions or comments to us. Uh, like we mentioned before, we would love to make these podcasts based on suggestions from our listeners. So uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, Have a good rest of your day, night, whenever you're listening, and uh, hope you join us again soon. Thanks, everybody.